This is a place. This is a place. This is a place. We want to talk about. This is a place. Welcome to this week's episode of This is a Place podcast. My name is Nate, and with me is a guy who's trying to figure out the difference between an alligator and a crocodile, Brandon. I don't know the difference. You have to tell me, but I know I wouldn't want to come in contact with either one of them in the wild. Well, I figured it out. What's the difference? One will see you in a while, and one will see you later. I, th- I thought you were really going to give me some insightful differences between the two. I feel like we've had this conversation before, though, right? Aren't crocodiles uh, ocean alligators or freshwater? Yeah, that's why I was expecting uh, you actually had the answer. No, I just heard that joke the other day, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, we always start with a joke, so. Well, have you been watching the Olympics at all? I have watched zero minutes of the Olympics. <laughs> have you, have you <laughs> zero zero i would say i'm probably well i did watch i've probably watched two periods of the women's hockey i watched like five minutes of the men's hockey i did watch nathan chin both of his gold medal performances i went to a neighbor's house to watch her i want to say niece or cousin who was skating in the pairs figure skating. So I watched that. So I'm probably up to about maybe three, three, four hours of wow. watching. And then I've been watching men's curling a little bit because it seems to be on all the time. And we need to prepare. And we need to prepare. But it was I was playing pickleball the other day, surprise, surprise. And somebody sent me a text saying, hey, Nate, I saw my, my watch because my watch will do the, the, the text of a message, but it doesn't show you the picture if you send me a picture. Right. And all I saw was, hey, Nate, how's Beijing? I was like, what? Didn't make any sense. And I went over and looked at my phone a little bit later. And they had a picture of the, one of the guys from Curling. He has long hair and a mustache and it looked like me. I thought it was pretty funny. So Could be you someday. Could be me. I have more on that later in the episode, actually. About Curling? Yeah. Okay. So, so I watched that. A little bit of snowboarding. but I think the I most I watched was... After the Super Bowl, I think it went into the Olympics, and that was the extent of my watching Ooh, the Olympics. That's right. So you did watch the Super Bowl? Oh, yes, of course. That's good. So did your team win? I wore orange that day, but I really wasn't upset with the ending. It was a – I was still happy. I, I wanted the Bengals to win because I, I just feel – I like Joe Burrow so much. It was a, for me, it was a win-win. I think, Agreed. I think the Rams had cooler stories and them winning was really cool. But the story of the Bengals is also cool. I was just a little nervous that Joe, if he won the Super Bowl, that his head would just get even bigger than it already kind of is. He seems to be pretty grounded right now, but that would just, I think, put him over over the edge but maybe yeah. a lot of a lot of cool stories on the rams i mean you got a bunch of utah guys which is good we should have all of them on yeah eric weddle i'm sure you're listening 
you're welcome to come on the podcast anytime. You got Eric, you got Matt Gay, right? Oh yeah, him too. Um, and then uh, Trail Burgess, is that his name? From Utah, University of Utah. And there was another player that's on the practice squad that technically gets credit for Super Bowl victory. So pretty cool stories. And Matt Stafford's story is really cool. Yeah. Um, Coop, is that his name? Coop receiver. I mean, he helped me win my fantasy football league, so I really couldn't be upset that he performed well. But So lots of like kind of almost like movie stories with the Rams winning. Not as good as a Kurt Warner story the last time they won the Super Bowl. And they already have a movie out about that right now in theaters, as a matter of fact. But some cool stories. We'll see what happens with the down the line if they ever make a movie about the 2022 Super Bowl champions. I was just really excited for the halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the halftime show, was it weird that only half of the crowd could actually see what was going on? Really? We think about it. They're inside the house, right? Like Fifty Cent hanging upside down. Oh yeah. So the other the people behind them couldn't see what was going on. I mean, jumbotron. I'm sure. True, but still, it'd be kind of annoying to go watch something on the jumbotron. That's why you do it most games I attend anyway. To be honest, when you go to a jazz game now with those HD TVs they have, and a lot of time at a a BYU game, I still find myself like, I need to really see that. I'm gonna look at the jumbotron. Yeah. But I feel like the one where I sit now is right. We're right. You know, you've been to the games right below the Jumbotron and it's so big now and we're so close that you can't really even see. But the one in the north end zones, smaller and we still can't see because it's so far away. <laughs> so it's like a catch 22. So, yeah, it's, it was a eventful weekend. Well, maybe the next time the Olympics come here. We can get some more upgrades that they could use Lavelle Edwards Stadium, give some upgrades there. And I don't know why they use Rice Eccles instead of Lavelle Edwards. It's way bigger. But could have something to do with that Rice Eccles is downtown, Salt Lake City. No, no, no. No, it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with that. But surprise, surprise, we're talking about the Olympics again today because we promised a whole month of this. And today is kind of just a hodgepodge of all the things we haven't talked about yet because there's so many other stories and things that went on back here in 2022, this time of year. I'm sorry, 2002. 2002. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. So, yeah, thought we would could share kind of our personal experiences we had when the Olympics were here as well as some of the interesting things that happened surrounding the Olympics. And remind me how old you were. About, I think I was eight. Eight. Yeah. And I was, I was 22. A little bit older. So I was old enough to go on my own. I didn't have to have my parents with me to go see any of the activities. So let's, let's hear more about that. Nate, what, what activities did you participate in? You know what? I did not go to one event. I didn't, I should have gone to at least see a hockey game or biathlon or the ski jump or something. But the only thing I really cared about at that time, I guess, was watching the concerts (laughs) that were (laughs) downtown. Um, uh, What wasn't, well, they called it the Olympic Metal Plaza. 
but that's uh what's the name of that parking lot is it galvin galvin center right is that where they did it i don't know kitty corner to the um like you said I, I wasn't old enough to go to these things. vivin arena what's the parking lot that's by the vivin arena kitty corner to it and across from ksl or that yeah i think that's galvin that galvin yeah but they just basically everything was done in the parking lot and all they had was chaining fence around it so if you didn't have tickets to go inside the venue you just hung outside and you could hear and see everything yeah as well so every night that we of a band that we wanted to see and there was some pretty good artists that came through um do you want me to read off what they had? But So you did actually go to the concerts. You just didn't go to Olympic events. Uh, yeah, so I went to the concerts. Um, I remember, like, I want to say we saw Lifehouse, Foo Fighters, Bare Naked Ladies. Um, I want to say we went to Smash Mouth. I think we went to see Creed, Goo Goo Dolls. I don't know if I went to the NSYNC one or not. But So what we would do... That's the one I wanted to go to. NSYNC? Yeah. It's kind of funny. When I, when I was that. a kid, eight years old, I was like, I got to go see NSYNC. Oh, Nice. Um, so what we would do is we would drive over to, um, Salt Lake Community College, the Redwood Road Campus, and they just had tons of buses over there, city buses. They brought tons of bus drivers in because they didn't want a lot of traffic downtown during the Olympics. So they had these free shuttles or buses that would take you from different locations to go downtown to, to enjoy the Olympics. So we just go over there, park our cars, get on the bus. And most 99% of the time, it was just our group on the bus. There wasn't that many people using the buses. That's surprising. And then we'd go and they'd drop us off. And then we would walk over and watch the concert and get back on the bus and head back. Um, one of my favorite stories, like I've talked to the bus drivers because they used, they weren't from Utah. Most of them were from out of state. But one of the bus drivers... <laughs> He was trying to convince us to go um, not bar hopping, but strip club hopping with him after he got off work. He knew he wasn't from here. I don't know where he's from, but he knew the name of every strip club, in the downtown area. All and three was, of them. I don't know how many there are, but <laughs> <laughs> he was telling us which ones were the best and all that stuff. And he wanted us to go with them after we're like, we're, we're good. We, we not our cup of tea, pal. So, but just, those are my biggest memories of the Olympics is really the concerts. And then one time we drove all the way up to Ogden and we saw Huey Lewis and the news. Oh, and I was reading a uh, interview by Huey Lewis that he says that's one of the most memorable concerts he ever did was the Olympic concert. And the reason why is like, Oh, it was like 20 degrees outside and there's all these fans watching his plays. Like we're freezing. And I just kept thinking kind of like, I can't, I can't p- touch my tongue to the microphone or it might stick. <laughs> That's what he was worried about. So That's crazy. So even Ogden, even all the way up in Ogden, they had stuff going on. So it was basically what two weeks of party in Utah, not USA, but Utah. Right. Yeah. That's my, I guess my biggest regret is that I was a, obviously I could have done anything about it, but I was a kid. So I didn't get to really take advantage of what was going on, but I did still, have some fun Olympic related activities. I did actually go to a, an event. And oh, yeah. I guess it was. I don't remember the full details of it, but some deal that they wanted all the third graders in the state to have an opportunity to go to 
some event. And so I got to go to a hockey game. I think it was like Czechoslovakia. Yeah, it was at the E-Center, you know, back in the E-Center days. And I was terrified the whole time that there was going to be a terrorist attack. I almost didn't Well, we go were only, what, five months removed from 9-11? I think that's why when we talked a few, what was it, last week that we had um, the torch runner? Stacy on, um, and she kind of mentioned about how kind of unified everybody was. And I, I kind of believe that uh, 9-11 had a part in that. Like, that was just a time that it was a good time for America to kind of come together and heal a little bit from what went on. But at the same time, it was a little bit of an inconvenience that any event that you went to, you just had to be strip searched to make sure that you were not carrying anything. Yeah, but it was, it was a cool memory. I, I, I got a hockey puck, I think like just a, it was a school night or something that we went and they just took us all on buses. Oh, funny side note. When back in those days, when I was in third grade, puka shell necklaces were really cool. Do you remember those? Sure do. <laughs> they, they made their comeback because I think they were popular in the 80s around that time. And then they made a comeback and the surfer kid. I don't know. That's that's what we thought was cool. But I got my dad gave me his from when he was a kid or a teen. And I thought it was so cool. But he told me, do not take it to the hockey game. But guess what I did? I snuck it in anyway. And I hid it in my glove. And walking in or walking out some point, I lost the puka shell necklace. And I still haven't forgiven myself for it. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> but the the other thing I did was I was in an Olympic choir. So they created all this music specifically for the youth of Utah to sing and have the opportunity or the potential to go and sing at some kind of event. I didn't sing at an event. And again, my... My stressed out eight-year-old mind, I didn't want to go to an event because that would just make it all the more likely that I would die. <laughs> but they had, as we talked about a little bit before, the light, the fire within theme. And we just sang all the songs from that and we performed at the school. And I, all right, this is another, this is an embarrassing story. I, I got picked, me and like four other friends to be to sing our own song and they give us like microphones to hold on to kind of like we were a boy band or something so you'd have to stay over stay late even after the initial olympic choir practice and i uh i really had to use the restroom and it was going really long and i didn't want to tell the the teacher doing the choir that i had to go because she was kind of mean but when we're practicing it, we kind of it was kind of a more serious song about how we like lost and we tried our hardest, but we came to the Olympics and didn't find success. But I had to go to the bathroom so bad that I was dancing around, and it kind of turned into rather than a serious song, we kind of made it a joke because I was dancing and I was like, "Oh, no medals to my name," but I didn't make it to the restroom. Like when I would still visit the the elementary school, 
even all the years after, my pee stain was still there on the stage. Gross. <laughs> when did Billy Madison come out? Because for a little for a little while, it was really cool to pee your pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think that. My mom <laughs> didn't think that when I came home like that. <laughs> Peeing your pants was definitely not cool. Not cool anymore. So, but I mean, we got a cool we got a cool performance out of it. I mean, I wasn't trying to be comedic. It just happened. <laughs> you ain't cool unless you pee your pants. It's cool to pee your pants. Yeah, I was. I mean, I guess I was pretty involved in the Olympics. I didn't go to any other events, but we did go watch the fireworks for the closing ceremonies. And I just remember it being a an exciting time, even though I was not able to fully be involved in everything. If I would have been an adult like you, a young adult, it was it was fun. Like I said, I do now regret not going to an event. I think we even went to to Park City a few times and kind of walked the streets. Probably similar to like Sundance time, right? Where you had a lot of, you're trying to look for celebrities or something and see if anybody's up there. It was was fun. Like I said, my biggest memories of the Olympics were just the concerts, going to the concerts of bands that some are still playing, some are not. We got some good stuff out of the Olympics being here. We've got some new venues that came because of it. They use some existing venues like the center rice cycles, but we got, you mentioned park city. We got Olympic park out there. We got the oval. Sometimes when other countries do the Olympics, they spend all this money and build all this stuff to have it just then fall to the wayside and never be used again. Yeah. Have you seen some of those pictures on the internet of like, yeah, past like venues China or... and other countries. It's just, it's a wasteland. And I think that's part of the reason why Utah's in the running again, possibly get one is that we still use our venues that we built. Like you're saying, it's kind of a rare thing to still, to still use them after the Olympics have come and gone. I mean, you drive anywhere in Salt Lake and the Olympic oval is a way marker. There's signs telling you how to get there. Even though I have not been there for probably a good 10 years. We need to well, go over there, Brandon. Maybe, maybe we should. I mean, next week's episode, we should do the oval. <laughs> maybe we should. Uh, did you get involved in the the pins, the Utah pins? No. I remember people flipping out over them, and I was just watching. Is it Craig Worth? Is that his name on Channel 4? He's now he does these little segments of like past stories from years ago, and he did one the other day on the Olympics. And one of the the coveted pins back then was the green Jello pin. Oh yeah, everybody wanted the green Jello, the fry sauce, the fry sauce, and the Roots hats. Remember the was it Roots? Oh it yeah, I was, I was gonna bring up the Roots hats too. Yeah, the Roots hats, and it's funny because when I go do my what I call treasure hunting with my kids and stuff, sometimes I go to thrift stores looking for treasures. And I'll see a Roots hat and like out of like just it brings up a little bit of anxiety from the Olympics where everybody wants them. So you're like, <laughs> I should grab them. And like, well, nobody wants them anymore. They're worth nothing. I'm pretty sure I have one in, in my storage of hats and clothes and stuff like that, a, a Roots hat somewhere. But it'd be funny if they did bring the Olympics back and if those became popular again or the, the vintage ones and then everybody wanted them again. 
So they'll they'll make a comeback. They'll be worth millions. Get me one when you're at the thrift store the next time. Next okay. time. Yeah, well, I've seen them there where they're brand, brand new, right? And you're just like, man, people would have paid good money for these 20 years ago. But I, I found a video of Michelle Kwan talking about them. Someone asked if she still had her Roots hat. She said, I have probably 20 in my attic. And back then, they were going online for thousands of dollars. And now, you can buy one. I, I looked. You can buy one for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Same oh, you know, goes for, like for the two bucks. <laughs> yeah, or probably less. But at Goodwill, I mean, they're like two bucks. So the same goes for the pins. I mean, you can buy those on eBay. You can buy the any of the ones we've talked about, or they have the mascots, copper, powder, and coal. But I mean, you remember seeing them, right? I do now. Oh, and Otto was the symbol of the Paralympics too. An otter named Otto. Okay. A snowshoe hare, a coyote, and an American black bear. Like, it, it was already frustrating, like, going back to the security thing. It was already frustrating getting into events and things with the security, even to the concerts and stuff like that. But So I couldn't imagine having that anxiety anxiety of trying to go down every day, trying to trade pins and stuff like that, and <laughs> trying to get the collection. But I wonder if that's still really... I mean, I think they still do the pin trading, but I wonder if it's still as big as it was back then. One thing I'd forgotten about, but my grandma, who's a a listener of the show, thanks for listening, grandma. She reminded me that OC Tanner was the company that did the medals for the 2002 winter Olympics. And my, I have an aunt and uncle who both work there. So they got a chance to see the the medals, and my uncle actually met Mitt Romney and presented them to him. And there's a picture of him in the newspaper doing so. So I'll uh, I'll throw that picture up in the social medias and give a shout out to my uncle Scott for making sure the medals got delivered safely. You know, one of the big points of these Olympics was there was a lot of controversy, actually. Do you remember any of the controversies from from back then? During the Olympics or building up to the Olympics? Both, actually. You had the big controversy of that we... Wasn't there a bribe or something to get the Olympics to come here? Wasn't that one of them? Yeah. There was speculation that... And it was November 1998 when the first allegations of bribery and misuse of funds by the Salt Lake Organizing Committee emerged... Investigators by the U.S. government and the IOC soon revealed that SLOC had doled out cash gifts, college scholarships, medical treatment, and lavish vacations to IOC members both before and after the Salt Lake City bid was accepted. I don't know what came of that. If I know that that's come up in us bidding for the Olympics again, but it seems like there wasn't any issue. They They kind of moved on and... We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. 
the Olympics were great. But isn't there always, there's always a bribing going on in any political form, right? So, and we bribe even on the podcast. Yeah, we bribe, but I mean, political reasons. Like every politician's basically got some dirty laundry, right? I would say so. Another big controversy, I guess, more related to the games was there was the the Russians winning in figure skating. There was a whole ordeal where one of the judges. So, like, the Canadians had this amazing, perfect routine. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then they looked at their scores. They're like, what the heck? Everybody was so surprised because their, their, their whole thing was flawless. And the Russians had so many so many mistakes and issues, and they ended up winning. Or It was this, this whole ordeal. And there's actually a, a documentary on Peacock about it right now. So enough to go back and talk about this. This French judge that was also probably bribed to let the Russians win, which still continues. There's something like that every Olympics they're talking about right now with some figure skater that has some kind of drug. Uh, again, back for to the Russians again. Uh, yeah, back to the <laughs> Russians. I mean, they should know from Rocky Four that Russians do drugs. It's just. But aside from all the controversies, there was a lot of good stuff. I mean. I remember Apollo Antonono was like the big craze and him being standout in the speed skating. I remember everyone making a big deal about Michelle Kwan that she was going to win gold. Does Apollo still live in South Jordan? Oh, he lived in South Jordan? Yeah. At least he had a house over there for a while. I think it was South Jordan. Because he was always over at the Oval, especially when he was still skating. Interesting. I'm not sure. Somebody will let us know. <laughs> Man, we should have had him on the podcast for crying out loud. Shoot. I didn't think about it till you mentioned his name. Another big deal was Jack Shea. He was, I think, in some kind of skiing, but he was the third, the first one to be a third generation Olympian. And so he won gold and... Then it made it so his father and his father before then, they all had won gold in the Olympics, which was pretty cool. The Australians won their first Winter Olympic gold. And uh, I alluded to this earlier, that this was the first time in 18 years that Great Britain got a gold medal. And you know what that was for? Uh, curling. Curling. But you know who were the curling the curling team? They were a bunch of housewives. Really? Decided to take up curling and they won gold. So that's what I'm saying, Nate. Is we got a chance. We're a bunch of house husbands. And we have a chance. Isn't that kind of the joke going around right now on social media is that the USA men's curling team is just a bunch of dads that got together like, Hey, what do you, what do you want to do this weekend? I don't know. Let's go to Olympics and do some curling or something. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I told you the other day, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's the one. I just like to pretend that it looks easy and it'd be easy to learn and excel at. I, I've, like I said, I probably have watched a total of an hour of curling and I just, I guess I should Google how the scoring works. I don't get it. <laughs> Is it like shuffleboard, basically? 
I don't know. I don't really understand the scoring of how it works. Because all of a sudden, like, okay, USA just got two points. I'm like, how did they get two points? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't um, understand most of the Olympics, how it works. That's true. I am, and I was talking about this the other day with some friends. It's like, I like sports where it's score-based, right? Where you score a point, the opponent doesn't. Um, it's it's frustrating, and you just kind of talked about it with the cheating in the figure skating with the Russians. It's like when stuff is judged, it's like it's it's uh, subjective, right? Exactly. So, um, so that stuff's frustrating. I like like races are great because you know you either you either won or you didn't. You're either faster you or you weren't. Um, it can get it can get a little little gray area for sports like hockey it's like that where but hockey's tough but um where you have referees and stuff where they can still mess things up and control the outcome but maybe that's why racing is just the best because you either win or you didn't there's no hardly hardly any controversy of you know it either comes down they were drugging their drug you know what do you call it steroids or stuff like that or or like in cool runnings where you get tripped up i guess that can be controversial so i just watched that on sunday night you know in honor of the olympics cool runnings this actually is the first year that the bobsled team is back after quite a hiatus yeah jamaican bobsled team at least we better start practicing for the 2026 Olympics and curling. So we better head over to the Oval. I think that's where they do some curling lessons. And then we can just keep working on our pickleball skills and hopefully that becomes a summer Olympic sport. And then we can compete in both. Every two years, we'll just retire, do podcast, and uh, be Olympic athletes. Well, I have to actually learn and play pickleball first, but, you know. And then maybe someday bowling might become a maybe, sport. Maybe, yeah, bowling. Can, can work on that too. So there's still a chance. Most of our professional sports career careers have said goodbye to us a long time ago, but there's still the Olympics. <laughs> there's, still, there's still that hope. We still, still have, that, we still have that fire within. We can still get on that Wheaties box. <laughs> Do I've they still even, sell Wheaties? Never even eaten Wheaties in my life. You haven't? No. They still sell it, right? Yeah, I saw Michael Jordan's on it now. Again? I don't think he's, yeah, he hasn't done anything recently. No kidding. They're like running out of people to put on them. Yeah, running out of people that are not rife with controversy. You never had Wheaties, huh? Never had Wheaties. Well, you should try it. That's because it's what the healthy people eat. Because you have to be healthy and in shape to be in the Olympics. Well, isn't that a phrase? Like, what was in your Wheaties this morning when you're, like, playing really well? Or somebody peed in your Wheaties? Or somebody, or if you're mad, somebody peed in your Wheaties. That's that's usually the one I was hearing. Well, not because I'm mad, but just because I was playing poorly. (laughs) But I think think it's more common, the pee in your Wheaties thing, right? But I will give a compliment to Salt Lake in the state of Utah that they ran a pretty good Olympics, and it's still touches our lives and there's evidences of it all over the place still to this day. Yeah. Can't drive down the freeway I-15 without seeing uh, the Olympic symbols on the overpasses and whatnot. Right. 
It's everywhere. We we hold on to things a little bit here. We like to live in the past. <laughs> we we do. Just like us Cougar fans, 1984. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even born. You weren't even born. But yeah, I think we've covered just about everything we can for the Olympics. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should go to the Oval. Do one one last hurrah. Let me go see if I can find my skates. Head on over. But we thank you for joining us on this this journey. Let us know if you have any other thoughts. If we forgot to talk about anything noteworthy of the Olympics. Or if we gave any misinformation that needs to be corrected. And uh, yeah, join our Patreon. We, we haven't talked about that in a minute. We've got a, a solid one Patreon member. And it'd be nice if we could get a couple more. Yeah, if we get all of our uh, 22 listeners, do in half. Yeah, we've got stickers, guys. We'll give you a sticker. Put on your Trapper Keeper. You don't even know what that is, do you? <laughs> I don't. Or your water bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put it on your Hydro Flask. Come on, that's the big thing. My Put wife's a... got one on her for Hydro Flask. Whatever happened to bumper stickers? Why I don't know. use that anymore? Let's bring them back. Put Become a Patreon member, give it a sticker, and put it on your bumper, for crying out loud. Yeah, let's do this. Thanks for listening to This Is A Place Podcast. 